G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's kick things off with our regular update with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondi is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg Bondi, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil. I'm delighted to be here again. Greg, interesting concepts you've been thinking through and the idea that there ought to be some sort of warning for Australian church leaders and commentators, people who are apologists, perhaps including in their evangelists, uh, preparing yourself even for the idea of persecution. Uh, You're calling Christians now the bad guys, a little bit of a contrast to when we were treated with some level of indifference. What are your thoughts on what's happening now here in Australia, early 2021? Yeah, thank thank you, Neil. Look, uh, this is a reality. This is not a a theory or a proposal. Uh, I know in my own work that I that um, I engage in the public arena at churches, at, at events and what have you. Neil, it's a reality now that the church leaders and commentators, apologists, whoever you have, are now going to be under persecution. And this is a warning because only today, I think it was, or yesterday, I got an email from a Christian um, news service saying that they, they being YouTube, have deleted all their Christian videos. Therefore, they've lost 300,000 followers. And now it is unbelievable. When I go out there, Neil, and talk to these secular friends of mine, and, you know, and I say I'm a Christian, well, I now get terms like racist, bigot, right-wing activist, homophobe, hateful, and I am the butt of endless jokes and banter. So that has changed. When I was a kid and I said I became a Christian, people would say, oh, good on you. And, and they left it at that. Now the cards have turned. And this is a real worry for all of us Christians because we have to be careful. I know I do. You know, when I make a negative comment on same-sex marriage, safe schools, gender dysphoria, abortion, euthanasia, LGBTIQA, or whatever, I get howled down in the social media and in particular the mainstream media, Neil, and this is really disturbing, they will not cover our press releases. So here is a real example of cancel culture, persecution all rolled in one. You're describing the way in some sense here, Greg Bondar, that you're experiencing cancel culture. And, uh, you know, there's no one person who's pulling all the levers here. It's something that seems to be sweeping the nation, sweeping perhaps the Western world. I couldn't help but think as you were saying these things and how people used to say, good on you if you're a Christian. And, and this idea of indifference, because either people love you or they might hate you, and there are that in-between time, perhaps where people treated Christians with indifference. And perhaps while we were in the time where people treated Christians with indifference, uh, that we were saying, 
why is no one listening to the things that I've got to say? Because these things are important. So the fact that there is change may not altogether be such a bad thing, but as you say, prepare for that name-calling. And, uh, you know, you're getting called those names. Uh, lots of guests on this program, no doubt, are being called those sorts of names. And, uh, and it, it comes down to largely... Uh, this issue over LGBTQI rights, uh, this is where the challenging time is. Absolutely. I mean, there is now preference for, for the LGBTIQA rights over religious freedoms. And it is interesting, Neil, that this proposes, this actually gives us as Christians an opportunity to declare our faith even louder than we have been in the past. And let's not shy away from the fact that we are Christians. Even when I make positive comments on religious freedom, pro-life issues, uh, despite the negative impact, for example, I put out a press release the other day, Neil, about, <clears throat> pardon me, things like uh, the conversion therapy. Do you know I've had no fewer than about a dozen journalists saying, please unsubscribe me? Well, I wrote back to them and said, hang on, you're a news service. Why aren't you accepting our press releases as opposed to those from the LGBTI community? Yeah, that is challenging. We might ask the question here, Greg, how did we get to be the bad guys? Uh, Look, there'll be a difference in opinion, no doubt, from listeners. Uh, Some will think, oh, I think you may be overreacting here. We're not altogether bad guys in our community. People still like us. Uh, But uh, let's talk about this from the bad guys' perspective. How did we get to be there? I think this is a a cultural change, part of this whole uh, cultural development that's been going on. Look, let me make it clear, Neil, that I use the term bad guys in the sense that the secular community now sees us as the enemy. We are the bad people. We're, we're, you know, homophobes. We're what have you, hateful, bigots. Well, that's a load of nonsense. We are loving Christians. And the reason we've become labelled the bad guys by the secular community lies in the fact that social media has been so active. The power of the digital tech is so massive, Neil, that as soon as we say something, we will get howled, howled down by the, by, the, by the people that do nothing but sit behind their tables or their, or their cars and start to put out social media tweets or posts on how bad this comment from Greg Bondar or John Smith or Mary Brown was. And we have to see this as an opportunity to strengthen our faith even more, Neil. So uh, the ones who are perhaps most influenced here, are you suggesting this is a younger generation that might be addicted to their uh, mobile devices, uh, getting things uh, by way of, you know, virally spreading around the world, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, these sorts of things? How do you describe people who are most influenced by all of this cultural change? Well, Neil, I think it's important that it is the younger generation and it is the tech-savvy type people, but it's also the politically left. And to have a look at the average uh, news media um, service, have a look at the people that post articles. They are all left-wing-oriented, not all of them. Some of them, you know, are quite uh, uh, conservative in their approaches to media. But, but the, the issue is that you cannot say anything now. As I said to you, you know... YouTube have all of a sudden uh, deleted some hundreds of videos from this Christian organisation. And later on, I can tell you, uh, Neil, it's happening every day. And what we need to do is, I think it does come from the younger generation. And, 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 and dare I say, uh, we talk about the Generation X, uh, Z, who are also very highly 
uh, motivated to use their technical devices. Let's come back to uh, that generational issue in just a short while. Uh, But if uh, these things are happening so significantly right now, Greg, and uh, we're moving very quickly to, if we've not already reached that point where so many in the media, so many on the left, uh, so many who are influenced by that side are calling us the bad guys, is there some sort of solution? Uh, How ought we be conducting ourselves? What are your thoughts here? Look, the solution is I think we need to fight back. And I mean that in in a nice way. I'm not talking here taking up arms. I mean we need to start to engage in this particular uh, cultural environment that is anti-Christian. And and in this sense, Neil, I think we have to start taking up arms. In other words, we need to do a fight back. Now, the fight back, I mean, let's not shy away from our faith. Let's not be scared to speak in the public arena. Let's not be scared to write to the editor. Let's not be scared to write to our local member of parliament. We need to fight back. That's what the opposition are doing. The opposition being the so-called progressive, which I really think is regressive, the progressive politician and the progressive um, uh, media out there. We've got to do some fight back. And, uh, and it starts with the people out there, your listeners now. And uh, we might be needing to prepare ourselves to be cancelled, as you say. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I think a lot of people will just laugh that off. Uh, some will take it much more seriously and be hurt by that. But uh, get ready, as you say. It is a form of persecution when uh, people do cancel you or unsubscribe you because you are holding to a Christian view. Hey, it's one of those things, uh, just on this other issue that I mentioned uh, before, this idea that uh, perhaps political correctness has gone mad and uh, under the threat of being cancelled a charity called Barnardo's has scrapped its Mother of the Year award what are your thoughts as to what's developed there? Neil I'm devastated I became, I became a grandfather for the first time last year under COVID my son and his wife had a wonderful daughter um, I am devastated that we cannot now have recognition of mothers. Without mothers, none of us would be here now. None of us would be here. Now, this is not about Bernardo's. They do tremendous work, and I pray for them occasionally. This is all about political correctness gone mad. Now, Neil, just today, just this morning, I had an email land on my table, and a hospital in the UK has announced that from now on it will adopt gender-neutral language. Now, listen to this, Neil. From now on, if you go to this particular hospital in the UK, in Brighton, the following words will no longer be allowed to be used. Breastfeeding? No, it now becomes chest feeding. Mother's milk will now become human milk. Mother will be called a birthing parent. A pregnant woman will become a pregnant person. She or her will become they. And wait for this. A father or a dad will now become a co-parent or a second biological parent. Now, for goodness sake, when is it going to stop, Neil? We have to make sure that we continue to recognise the biblical worldview of male and female. And in this regard, I think Family Voice may well be in a good position to do a Mother of the Year award because we cannot let this slide, Neil. All right. And, uh, you know, my thought when when I heard the news... Uh, that Barnardo's had uh, cancelled Mother of the Year award. I thought someone is going to jump into the breach there and and say, we'll pick up this as an ongoing 
uh, opportunity to promote motherhood. And uh, so are you suggesting here, uh, Greg, that uh, Family Voice is now looking very seriously about actually filling that void and and, uh, hosting a Mother of the Year award? Absolutely. I'm going to put up a proposal now to our to our governing um, committee, to our CEOs and what have you, you know, in the other states and say, look, we need to start looking at this seriously. And, and there's an opportunity here for us. We need to take up, as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, we need to take up the shield of faith very much so and the sword of the Spirit because we have to go out there. And, and not only that, but why can't we recognise mothers? I mean, really, they are. If you biblically, if you go through, and I, and I printed an article on mothers uh, on, uh, for Mother's Day last year, and they are wonderful, and, and, and we can't let this just be swept under the carpet. Uh, we need to make sure that we take a stand, and we're going to look at seeing if we can have a Mother's Day of the Year award. Just to reflect on something that I think here is quite sad, and I think when we think of the Barnardo's charity, uh, most people, and I've had no, con- no, no communication with Barnardo's, uh, but when I did a little search, I thought, what's the, the foundations of Barnardo's? Mm. And, uh, and I discovered that actually uh, Thomas Barnardo was inspired by his Christian faith when he launched yep. a program of pioneering childcare work in the 1860s. So it goes back yep. a long way. It's an old charity. It's well established mm. and uh, derived its inspiration from the values of, of Christian faith. So when you've yeah. got a charity that's saying it's you know, well, it's on their website, actually, uh, that they're mm. uh, talking about these Christian faith foundations, uh, and then they're cancelling the Mother of the Year award. I mean, that in itself is a challenging thing, Greg. Absolutely. As you said, Thomas Bernardo, you know, his parents were Catholic, and back in, as you said, in, it's a British charity. Look, the work they do is wonderful for disadvantaged and vulnerable children. But let's not now go and say we won't have mothers because it's not inclusive Excuse me, mothers are the ones that have babies, and mothers are mothers. So why are we now trying to appease the small minority of the community out there that feel offended because they're not a mother? Well, I'm sorry, you're either a male or a female. You're a father or a mother. You can't be both. And before we move on here, you know, it just comes to mind that the majority of our major charities in Australia have these Christian foundations. So many of those, uh, when you try to find uh, the uh, essence of their Christian influence, uh, that is disappearing. They're, in some sense, and I'm just being uh, blanket in the comment and uh, not mm-hmm. singling anyone out, but no. there's a lot of charities that have these wonderful, firm Christian foundations mm-hmm. that are becoming very secularised in fear of being cancelled. Uh, what are your thoughts for uh, for those organisations that have Christian foundations uh, at the moment uh, ignoring their Christian roots? Yep. Now we started off our discussion this morning. I said Australian church leaders, commentators, apologists, church organisations, Christian organisations, prepare yourself for persecution because that's what's going to happen and we've got to make a stance. And unfortunately, evil prevails where good men fail to act and women, of course. Neil, we can't let these things slide. We have to take action in the sense that we have to be bold about our faith. And if we're not, we're going to be cancelled out, Neil. 
Okay, and let's top this off, uh, I think, with what is an optimistic thought that you have, Greg. And uh, you did mention Generation Z a little earlier. And we all come from different generations. You're suggesting that as Christians, as churches, somehow or other we have to adapt here and begin to look towards uh, a new, younger generation because they're, in fact, more open to the gospel. Give us your thoughts here. Yeah, Neil, very quickly, I'm doing some church planning and also some planning for family work. And one of the things we're going to have to start looking is, given the demographics of uh, various organisations, we're going to have to start looking, how do we connect with Generation X? Because a recent article in the Wall Street Journal actually said a religious renewal could be on the horizon. And they were saying that the Generation X is the identity that we need to um, uh, embrace with rather than the millennials because, uh, you know, things have changed now. The Generation X, of course, as we, as we know, or, or, or you're not so... They, these people are born between 81 and 1994, 96, so they're the millennials. But the Gen X people are the ones born between 97 up to, say, 2015. Now, they're tech-savvy, they're, they're very uh, opinionated... And, of course, these people are going to be the ones that are quite open, actually, to recent reports, quite open to the faith being presented to them. So there's an opportunity here for all of us to engage with the new generation because they're going to be our next employers, Neil, and our next uh, contributors to the economy. Uh, Good to study up on Generation Z and find out what makes Gen Z tick. Greg Bondar, great thoughts uh, and challenging thoughts, I might say, today in our segment, our update. Let me point people to Family Voice Australia's website, familyvoice.org.au. That's familyvoice.org.au. Check out their resources and articles. Uh, No doubt some of those things reflecting what Greg's been talking about this morning. Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.